Hi, welcome to the New Rules Podcast. I am your host, Ruth Cooper-Dixon, and I'm a positive psychology practitioner. New Rules is about how leaders, entrepreneurs, and businesses must change, break, and rewrite the rules to innovate in our ever-changing and complex world. Each episode, I'll be joined by a guest who is a leader and respected expert in their own industry to talk about their experiences through the lens of a positive psychology theme. I am fascinated as to how these topics are interwoven in the fabric of their journey. And of course, I get them to dig deep and share with you the good, the bad and the ugly. Hello and welcome back to New Rules. I'm your host, Ruth Cooper-Dixon. And today I am joined by the phenomenal David McQueen. So let me give you a little bit of background info on David. He is an executive coach, facilitator and speaker, the co-founder of Q Squared, a leadership development company, and he's worked with clients across the corporate, public, and third sector on leadership development and communication skills. He's passionate about getting people and organizations to lead bravely. He's also the host of the Leadership Decoded podcast, so I'm sure he'll be giving me a run for my money. And he's a husband of one, father of two, and friend of many, which hopefully I am included in that uh, many. David, hello and welcome. Hello, you are definitely in that many, don't you worry, you don't have to ask, <laughs> definitely, thank you for having me, thank you for having no. me. No, first of all, how are you, because obviously I've not seen you face to face for a little while with lockdown and events not happening and, you know, so how have you been the last sort of six, seven, eight months, how have you been in 2020? <laughs> in 2020, so it's been, it's, been a, it's been an interesting year, a really challenging one, but I'm really grateful, I have life and health and breath and my family. Um, I'm currently it's, it's really interesting actually because both of my daughters are no longer at home so my eldest is out filming somewhere for a number of months and my youngest has just gone to university so we're empty wow. nesters and it's really weird like oh my god we have the house to ourselves <laughs> party um, but it's been a it's been a really busy year it's had some challenges um, but I you know I'm grateful and I've really enjoyed it where has your youngest daughter gone off to university is she far Manchester so she Manchester oh, okay yeah. Excellent. So quite a while away, as far away from his parents as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so you're both thinking party. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, wow. Well, it sounds like you have been keeping your spirits up, which, I, you know, I know from meeting you, the, f- the few times we've connected face to face and hung out and you are big energy, big energy, which I love. And I bounce off because I think, you know, I think that's what I like to bring to the party as well in terms of working with people. And this podcast, so New Rules, is all about throwing the rule book up in the air, trying different things, staying ahead of the curve. Um, I know you've been doing this for for some time. And as you said, get in your bio, getting leaders and organisations to think more bravely and to be curious and the topic that I kind of give you a a little overview and I really wanted to explore a a topic which is actually something I've been researching into understanding a bit more about over the last probably year and that's the topic of forgiveness and forgiveness when we say that word what does for you when I say forgiveness what does it first of all bring up like what comes to mind So I always think of it as something that uh, an individual uh, or sometimes in a group will, they will get to a point 
where there's an absolute change in their psyche or their behavior or their attitude to somebody who has offended them or done them wrong mm. in the past. And they've just gone, right, okay, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm willing to move past that and not be holding to those feelings of anger or frustration or whatever the other kind of feelings are that I've held against you or, 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 or a group of individuals and just being able to move past. That's what I always think of when I think of forgiveness. And I think as well, it has, for, for me, it has quite almost sometimes a religious connotation to it, doesn't it? I think when we think yeah. of forgiveness, we often think of something bigger than us, yes. probably more at the heart of our soul. And yes. it's interesting as well how you talked about it from an individual group perspective and, yeah. and exploring that. Now, it's not a word that we use a lot in the corporate or business world, is it? Or... or is it? Have you heard? I, I wish it would be used more. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, it's 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 so interesting because at the moment I'm doing a a lot of culture change um, work mm. and specifically around race and ethnicity in in a number of organisations, but with the with through a leadership lens. And and one of the words I'm really keen on using is love, and I know that freaks people out who are just <laughs> bottom line, quarter end, KPIs, all the different <laughs> metrics. But love for me has been really important because it's been a baseline for me as to how we communicate as individuals. So I think forgiveness should be used a lot mm. more. And I think of how, um, say, for example, over, over social media is one area where you see a lot of people aren't very forgiving. Mm. Someone can say the sky is blue and someone will go, oh, you racist, homophobic, Islamophobic woman hater. The sky is not blue. It's a reflection of it. And you're like, hold on, I've just said one thing, you know, yeah. or they may have said something wrong in the past you know, 10, 15 years ago, and not to excuse it, but individuals are just so quick to make a judgment on that, on that, mm. on that post. And so for me, a, a lot of it is about being able to step outside and, and go, where did that come from? Where did that behavior or what is it that, where, where did that comment or behavior actually come from? And sometimes when we realize that um, it can be quite complex, I think we are in a better position to go, all right, you know, if I've really thought this over, I'm not going to hold vengeance or anger towards you I can be a bit more forgiving so I think it should be more in the workplace I think having forgiveness go hand in hand with not non-judgmental attitudes or non-judgmental approach and yes. you will know from being a very experienced um, leadership coach and career coach that you will you know listen to your clients non-judgmentally and you know provide that space and to observe and those good things that we do as coaches and when we're talking about forgiveness I think there has to be an element of that being non-judgmental yeah. to you know because we have to be able to I love what you said there about being able to step back and before you automatically react to think about, okay, well, what's my response to this? And let me let me question, where did that come from? And and what is it this person trying to say? Or have they just not articulated it in the right way? Or have they, you know, got a completely different background to you, which is probably likely, and so they're coming from a completely different perspective. And yes. that doesn't excuse certain behaviour or it doesn't excuse comments or actions that happen, but being able to perhaps if we didn't jump in as quickly we'd have a bit more chance to understand more about each other so I think that's yeah that's a really important point and in the workspace I think there is very much a 
with with the 24-7 go, go, go culture we have and we operate in, in the business world, actually, when we kick in some of that system too thinking and we stop and we think and we pause and we reflect and perhaps, like you say, bring some love into it, actually slows things down a little bit to require that forgiveness. Yes. Do you, do you, I, know, I know you've got questions for me. But no, I just, no, no, no. I like my, it. Let's chat My brain's spinning. Go on, so. go, go, go. <laughs> so... I, I'm sure you know. I'm a, I'm I'm a trained counselor. Mm. I'm not quite a certified coach, but that's another conversation for another time. Okay? That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but as a counselor, one of the things that when I was going through my development or understanding about counseling, one of the things that really hit me, which was so powerful, is that I can never sit in empathy, mm. or I can never sit in a position where I'm going to be listening and be supportive of an individual unless I've learned to forgive myself. Mm. And, uh, you know, we talk about the forgiveness. I came from a very uh, strict fundamental Christian background. Mm. And towards my late 20s, early 30s, I started to rebel against this whole notion of my life being through this filter and then turn 40, I just kind of like I said, right, I'm done with the religion, full stop. But there was such a lot of anger because I knew that there were things that I had said in my past that were homophobic. There were things that were quite misogynistic. There were quite a number of things that I, I, I'm not going to blame religion for them, mm-hmm. but part of an environment where I was in, people interpreted certain things in a way, and then I kind of like spewed that stuff out. Mm. I had to forgive myself first. I had to forgive myself for the fact that I did say stuff which was quite hateful. I had to forgive myself for the fact that I did stay silent when I could have opened my mouth in certain situations. And, and by only doing that, was I then able to be present for my clients? But then I was also able to show people or direct people how you can be forgiving. So the, the very quick point I made earlier about doing this work with a, a number of organizations, I said, look, long before we run off to HR or spew our guts because we've got Twitter fingers or, 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 or tell the whole world about how we've been aggrieved and we've been offended and we're outraged, what are we doing to forgive ourselves first? Mm. And then secondly... Once we've realized that, how do we then make sure that we are able to forgive others or demonstrate that by example ourselves? So don't get me wrong. Look, we live in a world where we're going to be really impassioned about ideas and injustice and what have you. And parking all those assumptions when we see injustice is, is going to be very difficult. But how we respond and how we react, a lot of that will be driven around, how do I forgive myself? How do I forgive those who have offended me? And then how do I teach others in order to be able to learn how to, because a lot of people don't know how to forgive themselves. No. And in turn, don't know how to forgive others. So how do we teach that and how do we lead by example? That makes sense. Yes, it does. And thank you for for being so open and honest. And I, you know, that goes back to that whole part about forgiving yourself and being open about that and, you know, being honest with yourself as well. And I think when we're not taught forgiveness it's not something perhaps as we go through childhood we're encouraged to perhaps look at and explore and I come across many people who just don't have that ability to or they've not even engaged with that whole ability to forgive themselves and where people continually beat themselves up on the daily for little things let alone you know bigger transgressions that either 
they've done to others or they've they've not forgiven themselves for a transgression against them because they feel that they've contributed to that in some way or they're still holding like you say lots of that anger within themselves or hurt and guilt and shame and all these other words which really we bury deep inside and I personally have gone through again a whole process of forgiveness and through um being part in a um a relationship which was um violent abusive um back in my younger years and it was something for a couple of decades sort of buried away and it's only in the recent year that I've really started to explore that and to forgive myself more so than forgive the other person and that that was kind of perhaps done a while back there was actually probably some stuff I was still carrying around with me that was probably a you know deep rooted but also affecting other aspects of my life and I think being able to acknowledge that explore that sit with that and work with um, my coach on that that I've then be able to use that power for good you know elsewhere with with my other social enterprise so and I don't think I would have got to that position if I hadn't been able to do that and so it's really you know it's really interesting when you think about when it doesn't have to even be within the workplace context when we we think about the actions of what has or the scenario for we need for where we need to forgive but actually what we can be carrying around with us can then transcend into our work lives and you know our, our work decisions and you know how we behave in general yeah we leak we leak and i say this to we individuals leak. all I the time that. oh my god we really do you know sometimes there are people say to me like you oh, get out of my head why you know why do you know this stuff and i'm like because <laughs> You're leaking it. It's it's you know what I'm I'm so open. You will know when I'm pissed off or when I'm happy or whatever. Yeah. I'm, my whole body just leaks. I, can't, I haven't got the energy to be able to 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 quell that stuff down. But sometimes people suppress it again, as you said. If you're not uh, given an a, a, an opportunity to understand that you are you are um, or process it, you think you've dealt with it and you've buried it, but your body has a way of just leaking that stuff out mm. um you know and 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 to your point you know i'm i'm basically lining up some therapy for myself later this year and and i'll give you the context of the two levels why i'm doing this so one of it is my my dad got um was very ill with covid earlier this year and and what happened was i was able to i'm the middle son of three but i'm the kind of right let's get I'm not allowed to swear on the summer. Let's get sugar, honey, iced tea done. All right. I'm going to mind my language. Right. Let's get stuff done. Okay. And I, and, and I really want to be able to, uh, to, 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 to sort things out. And I remember like he, he came close to dying twice. And there was one day I just like, absolutely just I sat down at the table with my daughters and just cried my eyes out. And it just felt like I just let loads of stuff out because I was like, Oh my God, was I not there? Should I have not noticed this? Was I able to be able to, to, to be there for him? Could my dad possibly die? And I got to a space where I forgave myself because I was mm. like, what's this story or narrative that I'm creating in my head? Mm. And even though I forgave myself, I know there was some still some deep underlying kind of behaviors or things that I need to unpick with a the therapist. Why did I put myself into that space? And, and, and why was I trying to be this 
stoic, like nothing could happen to me. And, you know, what, what are these things? What are these conversations that were going on? That's the first one. Mm. And then the second one was around a, a, a lot of the conversations that happened around Black Lives Matter and the wider conversation around racial inequality and the fact that across all groups, we really don't talk quite vigorously about race. There's a lot of stuff where people, because they saw, because I'm quite visible, as you know, on on, on like LinkedIn and mm. and what have you, they felt a need, professionals, this word, were, were sending me messages and talking to me and, and being really open and candid about a lot of stuff. Some were um, quite heartbreaking. Some, I'm not going to lie, were a bit jarring. I'm like, really? You don't understand that? Mm. <laughs> and, and then I had to kind of like go, well, why do why would I expect somebody to understand that? So I'll give you a very, very quick example, yeah. if I can. Yeah, of course. Um, in the workplace, there are lots of conversations that well, people, I, I don't like labels, but let's just give it, people say like microaggressions that may happen. So, you know, if someone touches your hair, all right, or, yeah. or someone mispronounces your name or can't be asked to spell your name and then uses an anglicized name if your name is slightly foreign and all the rest of it. And so I start to talk and started to do these seminars and, and people are like, oh, I didn't realize it. And I'm like, what do you mean you didn't realize it? Are you, are you what? And then I realized that I had to take a step back and go, well, if that's not part of your narrative, why should I expect you to understand it? It's mm. part of mine, but I shouldn't expect you to understand it. In the same way, when I've had conversations with individuals who have, who have used wheelchairs, that mobility or the lack of access, like especially if you go on the London Underground or, or General, you don't know that because you're just jumping onto the train, yeah. getting onto the bus, you have no idea. And until you have that conversation with someone, you don't even understand what your privilege is. And so for me, part of my whole framing has been gone, look, as angry as I am about the injustices that have been um, put on individuals, and, and obviously this was the initially the conversation was just about Black Lives and then yeah. expanded slightly wider, I had to take a step back and go, look, I can't be angry with somebody who doesn't know. And the mm. reason why they don't know is they just had no other reason or inkling for their life to be in that way. And so part of that whole process for me has been, right, I need to go and get this therapy so I can forgive myself, so I can open this stuff out, but also be a lot more forgiving around people who may say the wrong thing and be in that space and go, look, if you're coming from a place of good intent, a good place of love, as I call it, can we go on this journey together? Mm. And let me forgive myself. If you feel that you're wrong and, you know, you, you mentioned before when people talk, talk about guilt and blame. Guilt and blame are selfish emotions, all right? Let's get that really clear. Yeah. When we start to feel guilty and blame, that's selfish, that's all about us. And, and the bigger conversation is how do we think about others? And so for me, that, that, that bit, the deeper therapy bit is about how can I go back in, unpick some of this stuff uh, and the internal narrative that I'm having, learn to forgive myself, but also use that as a constant way of being able to, as a coach, as a facilitator, as a speaker, as a podcast guest, being yeah. able to, uh, to signal to other people that we should be able to forgive ourselves and not beat, up us, beat ourselves up all the time. And, and, and move forward once we've had that sense of forgiveness. Not to say that we've forgotten what's happened, because you need to be wise. Yeah, We still need to have boundaries. But just being able to go, I'm not going to let these feelings of anger and vengeance and lack of self-worth and guilt and blame dominate my narrative every time that name or that image or that word or that person comes up into my life. I need to give myself permission for that. Wow, there's so many, so many good points there. And... I think, as you said, well done on going, you know, booking that time in for you. Because I think, A, it's really important. I had this conversation with Katrina from Fora 
when I interviewed her for the first episode of New Rules and we talked about therapy being really important and you know everybody should at some point access it because like you say it's our ability to have somebody else who's non-judgmental who can pick apart that stuff and help us to get to grips with it and understand it and bring it out in the open and so yeah I think that's that's really important especially as well with the work that you and I do when you, you're constantly working with individuals as well, helping them and supporting them and being that space for those conversations and processes to evolve. So we, we you know, we need to be in the in the best headspace and, and to have, like you say, those boundaries as well, which is so important. I think that's the other thing about forgiveness that you said there as well, that boundaries are important forgiveness is not about saying oh you could you know you've crossed my boundary that's okay don't worry about it and oh it's happened again you know because that is not what it's about it's it's about understanding you know communicating those boundaries and the consequences for if you cross my boundaries but also knowing where your boundaries are and and that's also so important because often we think about boundaries as people not having them but sometimes people have too many their boundaries are too set out far wide that you know there isn't that flex for that non-judgmental approach and there isn't that flex for those kind of conversations to say as you said let's go on this journey together let's talk about it let's understand and the frame of reference so the narrative of people's life stories is so unique and individual and you know, none of us have, are the same person because we've all grown up different and we've got a different genetic makeup, but backgrounds, experience. So, of course, our view on the world will be absolutely unique. And, you know, there's lots of similarities with others, but, you know, how we are and think as a person is unique to us. So, as you said, it's how do we create then that opportunity to go, well, I don't get that or why you've said that or what's driving that conversation or that statement or that belief and let's see where we can talk about it and and come together on it or learn from each other and I think that's so powerful I think if we did more of that especially even in workplaces the the productivity and (laughs) creativity and and having you know a, a more inclusive workplace environment full stop would naturally evolve because we'd just be doing all of that good stuff and that doesn't mean that everyone is all you know hand in hand well pre-covid hand in hand but you know it's not all rainbows and unicorns and pink fluffy clouds the idea is that when you're creating those environments you can have you know conversations which are really discursive you can have you can challenge you can talk to each other in a way that's open you don't have to all agree to be on the same page but there creates that diversity of thought because you're not afraid it's like i guess it goes back to then forgiveness linking with psychological safety because you can you can have your opinion you can voice your belief in a way that's okay you're not disrespecting other people around the table but you're in a way that's going this is what I believe and or this is my opinion or this is my idea what's your thought guys forgiveness is such a a word that links into so many different topics and themes We are going to step out to have a mindful moment to reflect on our conversation so far. We are recording this at Fora, a tailored workspace that provides its residents with the freedom to choose where and how they work best, understanding that happy, healthy people deliver their best work. 
Whilst we are here, we'll be sipping on Naughty, Thompson & Scott's alcohol-free, organic, vegan, sparkling Chardonnay. Creating a more inclusive and mindful experience to having fun and celebrating our workplace success. How do you think leaders can practice more forgiveness? Is there, is there a way to even start doing this? Like, it's you know, because it's almost like you don't put it on your to-do list, do you? Like, bring about <laughs> inclusive workplaces, <laughs> spend yeah. a bit more time on forgiveness today. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like... Let's do a bit of a somatic breath work today, <laughs> this week. That's what we'll do, yeah. So um, how do you do it? So I think there is a, again, coming back to that whole point you made around just being able to know self more than anything else. How do we, how do we be compassionate? Yeah. So, I, so, so I, I talk about this brave leadership and if I can, for, for you, I'll break down what this means to me. So brave is a mnemonic for, or acronym, should I say, for bold, resilient, agile, visionary, and ethical. I love that. And that, and the bold bit for me is about being able to, to be vulnerable. Because mm. there are lots of individuals who won't say things because they're afraid of offending people. And, and as a leader, and, and I believe leaders are not just about titles, I believe it's about function. So you can be a leader in a situation as opposed to being a leader of an organization or, or, or what have you. But it's, it's that boldness is being okay with individuals making mistakes. And, you know, one of the things about um, leaders for me is, is is how do we process mistakes? Now, don't get me wrong. If you hire somebody and you've hired them for a skill set and they are constantly making mistakes, yeah. they're not up to the job. Let's just get that yeah. out of the way. That, that's that's crucial. If it's, it's, if it's But if somebody makes a mistake with a zero or doesn't do something on a certain time or what have you, there's something around being able to go, OK, let's have a conversation around this. Let's, let's have, actually have a conversation around this. And and for me, I believe that leaders should also be coaches as well. There should be something where you can, yeah. rather than just critique somebody, how can we coach them into a space so that they get better? How can we build on those strengths? Uh, and so for me, one of the big things about leaders and forgiveness is being able to be okay with, with mistakes and asking better questions. So if somebody does mess up, you can ask them, you know, what went wrong? What, what was the problem? Talk to me. Um, it might be that you're in an environment and the pace is too fast. Okay, so what can we do to either get you to adapt to that or what do we have to change around the whole environment that we're, do uh, we're doing this? So that the whole point I made around good intent. You know, if you're coming to a space with a really good heart, then, you know, if something goes wrong, I'm not thinking, oh, God, this person hates me and they want to burn down the building and they really hate what we're standing for. I'm going to go, look, you know, it was genuine, genuine mistake that you made. And I've got to be in a position where, as a leader, I'm able to show or demonstrate compassion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the, the to, to kind of like use a bit of my previous religious background, I used to study theologies because I'm a real fan of words. And, you know, when I read the root word for discipline, it comes from the word disciple. And to disciple means to lead by example. Mm. So historically, people have thought discipline is like, right, you just you know, put somebody in the sin bin or parents smacking a kid. Not that I agree with that at all. I'm just giving you as an example. Or all those other kind of arbitrary things. But discipline at its root cause means to, at its root means to lead by example. So if somebody comes in and we don't, if we don't necessarily lead by making sure that we can demonstrate what that forgiveness looks like, how are we in any way a leader? How do we end up actually being a leader? 
And so for me, it's about being brave. It is about being vulnerable. It is about thinking about what's the sustainable kind of practices that we can have between ourselves when we're working, especially in the workplace that can allow us to navigate certain spaces and, and being okay with difference. You know, one of the things that I've, a mantra that I have now, and I'll share this with you, I no longer say to people, oh, let's agree to disagree. Mm. You know why? Because I'm just, I'm okay with that, the fact that we disagree. I'm absolutely okay with it. Yeah. We can have two very different points and I can still love you with my whole heart. Yeah. Just as long as your point isn't about hatred and killing and burning people down, all right? Yeah. But we can have two different points in an argument and I can still love you with my whole heart. Still do it. And there's something around the freedom that allows you to be in that place because then somebody says something and it doesn't trigger the anger. Mm. Somebody says something and it doesn't trigger you saying, right, I'm not going to forgive you because you, you've made a mistake and this mistake is stupid or, or what have you. And so for me to, to come full circle back to your point, the, the, the first thing leaders can do is lead by example, understand that people will make mistakes, be coachable or, or, or coach people when things have been done, which, which can, and even if it's at a point where that person may have to leave the organization because it's just not tenable, you can still coach somebody and you can still leave somebody with a good sense and you know, a good reminder that you still value them as a person, even if they're not a good fit for your organization. And that's absolutely fine. But leading by example for me, that's the will be the first way that leaders that like we can show and demonstrate forgiveness. Leading by example is is such a it is so key, and I think if more managers, whatever level they are, whether they're a team leader, a supervisor, whether they are a project manager who has people that drop into them as part of a, a reporting process but ultimately anyone with a people manager hat and also you know right up to the to the top to the top layers but you know just to lead by example would really shift if you are that individual and I've seen that so many times as I'm sure you have where you've got either a, an organization built on leaders who do that but even so if you just come across smaller departments and pockets within a, a bigger machine where people do really do that and the culture the subculture of those smaller teams or departments is is so positive because of those individuals and I think we forget the more senior we get or the more more experience we have and we go through our jobs and careers is that we we forget that people are watching us. We forget that people are looking to us day in, day out for our how we are behaving, what we're saying, what we're doing, whether people realise that, you know, consciously or subconsciously, that reminder is is there. And, you know, so they will pick up on, well, you told me that it was okay to make a mistake, but I saw how you spoke to somebody in the team meeting or, you know, you said that it was okay for me to, you know, log off at sort of six o'clock at night and you send me an email though at nine o'clock asking for an update. And so there's all these things that kind of just when we're leading by example, um, role modeling, and, and that word you use about intentions is it's come up in another episode of New Rules whereby we've spoke about the intention of what you're doing, your framework. And it was with uh, James Summerow, uh, Dr. James Summerow. And we talked about, you know, what the, the, the values were, what his framework was. And, you know, when we think about you know, I'm sure people don't often, and perhaps if they did so, it'd be it'd be even better. But think about people think about what their framework is. You know, what are my values? What's my 
what is my purpose? And this doesn't mean you've got to have this job or career that's, you know, you're changing the world and, you know, all these altruistic roles but it's more about why do I go into work and what do I want to achieve and you know what am I bringing as part of that and that vulnerability and compassion you know vulnerability as I'm you know I'm a big fan of of Brené Brown's work and she obviously talks about vulnerability and the opposite of courageousness and you know it's not they're both one of the same and one of my mantras is I choose to be unstoppable and live a courageous life and I've said that for about five years now and it's my daily little mantra so I'm just sharing that now I've never shared that before really Uh, so you go you've got that out of me and it's for me it's just my thing it's just like I choose to be unstoppable I choose to do those things and live a courageous life and that's bloody scary at times <laughs> it's not all you know every day is great and I'm full of confidence but it is that uh, you know is it true to my values am I doing the things that are really important to me am I doing good in the world am I changing a little bit of what you know what I can do and um your your point about that you know coaching and if we had more coaching conversations and it doesn't mean that everyone can mess up and there's no consequence and it doesn't mean that everyone has to stay in an organization because you're right I think you know there's people that psychologically don't fit in they might be the right skill set but they just might not be aligned to the, the company or they might not be that right person if it's like you say too too fast-paced or it just doesn't mm-hmm. gel that's okay but actually being able to support that person and you know have them leave with you know belief in themselves belief in the company belief in the organization it it just makes things so different so there's so many aspects around you know how forgiveness plays into all parts so it's because you can only be vulnerable and courageous if you have forgiven yourself you can only have those intentions if you have made peace if you like if that's you know the right phrase but with yourself around transgressions either to you or to others And to lead by example means you have to say, like you say, I don't, you don't have to agree with everybody. You don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to necessarily have the same values in life or the same meaning and purpose. But actually it's Mm. about this is what I'm true to. And actually just by doing that as a leader makes people sit up and take notice, I think. Yes. You know what, one of, while you were speaking to me, one of the things that, uh, or one of the areas I was thinking of before we prepped for this around the amount of individuals who go into an organization that have imposter syndrome because they haven't forgiven themselves. And, you know, I, sometimes I may sound really blase when I say to people, okay, we're going to, we need to deal with this and we need to stop it. And they're like, well, you know, there's, there's so many things from the environment and how I've been brought up. And I go, no, I'm not undermining that, but we need to, you need to forgive yourself. You're damn good. You've got the receipts. If you're in the job, somebody thought you were good enough to get in there. Be okay with that. Go and have a look at what you've done to date. From the time you were a child, when you did a drawing or were in a team or performed in a Christmas play, all the way up till now, there's so many bits of evidence that can demonstrate to you that you are good at things. So don't take one situation, which might have caused a bit of a palaver. And I can tell you, you know, I, I think of the cock-ups that I've made in my life. And, and I, sometimes I laugh. I go, oh my God, how the hell have I, have I been able to get to this stage having done this? And then I'm like, well, it's only one small part of a larger picture. You know, the world's still spinning. Yeah. And, and just being able to give yourself that, that permission. But again, you know, as you said, I, I love your mantra. I love your daily mantra. Thank you. 
And now that you told me, I'm going to keep you bloody accountable, right? So uh, <laughs> now that you told me, but but I but I love it because there is a. It doesn't again, as you said, it doesn't mean that there are going to be days where you're going to go, oh, this is really crap. Yeah. But there's also an underlying thing. Go, yeah, you know, this is a this is a, a rubbish day or a rubbish week even. But this overarching thing that you have about what you're going to do and how you're going to set your mind, that's incredibly powerful because it just changes our whole physiology. Mm. And again, as you said, you don't then hold on to stuff that's going to pull you down negatively. And don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with having negative emotions. It's just not sitting in there. Yeah. Be angry. Be, you know, have all these things about fear and guilt and shame. Those things happen. That's part of the the, the whole breadth of emotions that we have as humans. Mm. It's just just not sitting in that. Just not sitting in that space. That's it. It, It's knowing that they're there to teach us a lesson or, you know, for us to evolve and grow from that. And so next time, one thing I've learned is that when I've messed up at work and, you know, running my own business, there's still, you know, that happens often as well. And, you know, sometimes they're little things and sometimes you know in the past they've been bigger things and and that's just part of experience and it you you want to sit in that for a little bit around okay well what has this taught me and you know maybe I did this mistake because you usually it for me it's because I'm trying to do too much or I'm right at that kind of stretch strain zone of yeah it's time I took a bit of a step back and a bit of a break so if anything I sometimes take those little things as actually what's what's going off more the bigger picture with me it's often not about the mistake it's something else that's kind of driven it and then right what do I need to do and of course you feel you know I felt stupid or I felt oh god you know I'm supposed to be smart and I've done that I said that but we're all I think that goes back to your point we're all human we all make mistakes you know if we if we've done something and somebody's disagreed you know especially like as you know on social media we might put something out there and somebody might say well hang on a second I don't agree with that or that doesn't sit well with me or but it's all part of that process and it's not always I think as well it's also realizing it's not personal so even if where I've made a mistake at work and I've just owned it and just said sorry that was you know just realized I did that sorry apologies and and most people have I don't think I've ever had anyone that's actually when I've apologized no one's ever emailed back to say oh you're an absolute idiot Ruth can't believe you did that don't you know? accept your apology no, <laughs> no way most of the time they probably wouldn't have even know you know just been like oh okay no worries fine you yeah, know yeah. and I think it's again it's just move, them being able to move on from it right and and put that into some perspective and I always remember my therapist taught me something in the early days of my therapy when I'd had my breakdown I remember realizing I'd missed I'd got the appointment time wrong and I remember and what it did was it it triggered a whole panic attack cycle in the car park and then finally got through to my therapist and she's like look it's fine we can do it next week and she says just ask yourself right now is this going to matter next week is you know is it going to matter next month is it going to matter in a year five years and actually that it that did matter because it actually taught me a big lesson and I, I know where I was sitting outside the Tesco and just being in this huge state of because I wasn't well anyway and just thinking oh my god you know I've missed my counseling and that just sense is where I was at that headspace but actually that that really set a tone from is this really gonna matter like like you said yeah. is it gonna really matter <laughs> like later yeah. on probably not <laughs> yeah and it's so powerful, as you said, to get to that space where we forgive our, like my, my wife sometimes thinks I'm a bit blasé. She <laughs> says, you know, there, there are some things like, 
you know, I, I may have said something like last week I put a post on, on, on LinkedIn and I had a little swear word in there just because I was a bit, you know, exasperated. Yeah. I forgot my point now. She was like, um, uh, you, you okay with that? I'm like, yeah. And then a couple of people posted me and it messages that, you know, your point could have come a lot better if you swore, if you didn't swear. I'm like, internally, I'm like, I've done forgiving myself about that. I don't, actually don't care. It is what it is. If you don't want to engage, let's move it forward and let's bounce. And and I realised that there are so many of these little small messages that we may have in our head that make us beat ourselves up. Yeah. And being in that space where we're going, do you know what? There are going to be people who, you, no matter what you say or what you do, they're going to take issue. Yeah. Right? They, they, no matter how you see the world, they're going to push back because that's their frame of reference. That's their mental mm. model. That's their heuristic. That's their way they see the world. And, you know, one of the one of the bits I love around the, the leadership coaching that I do is when I'm sitting down with my clients and really exploring their mental models. How do they see the world? How do they make decisions? What are the assumptions that inform those decisions? What's the background that that's actually come from? And you realize that when you start to unpick that stuff, people are carrying a lot of baggage. Yeah. You know, we and we all are, you know, there's a, a hell of a lot of baggage that's out there. And sometimes some of us, even those of us who've got the therapy, we're like, oh, okay, we've dropped that. I need to go and pick up another bag, right? Let's keep that really <laughs> honest. But the fact is, is that you start to unpick that stuff and you realize, oh my gosh, this stuff re- really, really hinders me. I'll give you a very quick example of myself if I can. I like yeah, being candid sure. here. But, um, you know, I, I've made a really conscious effort to build a substantial practice around our. The, the work that we do as myself and my wife and and I really wanted to to build it because we've 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 shaped up what we want to do is we want to build a family business so even though my daughters may not necessarily follow in my path and one's into tv production one's a polyglot doing speaking bloody how many different languages I still wanted to give them the opportunity of being able to be part of a family business so that they never have to worry about going elsewhere as it were for support or for money mm. we'll work it together but the interesting thing about this, and uh, I suppose it's probably one of the first times I share this live, so I'm probably somebody going to ask me to do it in another interview. But up until about 10 years ago, I'm 51 now, up until I was about 40, I was really, really afraid of being rich. I mean, like terrified. I need to understand that I've created and started a number of businesses, but when it got to a certain plateau, I'd spend. Yeah. Because I hated the fact of being rich. You know, I hate the fact of being in a four-bedroom house. Like, you know, my wife and I could live in a four-bedroom house and there's only two of us there. <laughs> Historically, I would have been, oh my God, but there are people on the street. And and then I had to go, okay, you know what? You can only impact your world. Yes. And you cannot save the whole world. Just, no. no one can do it. No one. No. It, it's, a, it's an interlinked thing that we have yeah. to do. And and unpicking things like, okay, being in my house, if it's my house, it worked or what have you, it is what it is. And people, family, and it's nice because we've got a house that when family come around, they want to stay. We've got enough space for people to just go and crash in beds on the floor. And, you know, we're a big family, so we love to have that to, to do that. I couldn't do that with a smaller house. Yeah. Let's keep that real. And the other thing around money is because I was brought up believing that originally, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. So I'm like, oh my God, you know, even though I'm no longer religious, like, am I this evil person? Because I want to be able to get that and get their money. But then I realized there's certain things I can do. So look, I charge a premium, as you know, for my yeah. coaching. When I go in and I do leadership coaching, there are some people who are like, bloody hell, that's how much you charge for coaching. Some people don't earn that in a year. I'm not going to apologize about that because I've worked and that's the nature of the market. But here's on the flip side, because I'm able to do that, I'm able to then go to 10 people a year 
sometimes more, just in case my wife's listening. <laughs> 10 people a year and mentor them for free. Yeah. And offer quality mentorship and guidance and support. Not to mention on top of the other stuff that, you know, I just like, I'm the internet female. I'm just pushing all that stuff out for free. I don't care. Because it's not about the idea. It's how you execute. Yeah, let's get that yeah. real. And like, even now I've started this little video where I'm talking about the behind the scenes of my business, how we built a coaching practice, how we built a speaking practice. And I just want to just give that stuff out for free. And the reason why is because I'm no longer worried about the fact that I need to monetize everything. I'm no longer worried about this whole narrative I had around money and the root of all evil because I've created something that's sustainable for our family and for my children and their children to be able to, to develop. And I've also been able to do it in the sense that I can still give away information and still build a business. It's not an either or, yeah. it's a both and. And it's that kind of unlearning for me when I'm sharing this with people, and, and thank you so much for being able to be as candid as I can on here. Sharing that stuff, it just in, in many ways says, I gave myself permission I want other people to give themselves permission. Yeah. I want you to be able to sit back and go, I didn't do things this way. Let me give myself permission to do that. Yeah. And for me, there is there are very few things so freeing and so enriching as being able to give stuff like, you know, as we do on this podcast and somebody being able to go back and come back and go, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Or, oh my God, that made a difference to me. And it can be one person. You know, I'm, I'm not into the numbers and likes and all that kind of nonsense. One person that gets affected by that for me, job done. Yeah. Job done. That makes me happy. That makes me feel. And that and that as a learning, a sense of learning, and coming back to your point, a sense of learning that you and I are having this conversation and saying to other people, how can we f- truly forgive ourselves and in turn learn how to forgive others and how can it impact the world of work and mm. the wider community? That is priceless. As it, for me, that is just incredibly priceless. It is. And I, I'm we're a hundred percent on the same page about that. And I think just when I've done, you know, a workshop or a talk or I've had a coaching client who's just, you know, emailed or somebody said, right, that that really resonated and that's all, you know, I'll get a, a, a LinkedIn message or Instagram, people, somebody saying, you know, you've really inspired me to do X or that really struck home with me. And I think that is, you're right, that is priceless. And what I've managed to achieve with Shamps in in a, a relatively short mm-hmm. space of time has enabled me to start Shamps for Change, which is now a year old. But actually, it's been this year where we've started to do programs, uh, coaching support for for women who are in thrivership mode from experiencing domestic abuse. And I'm off to Samos um, on Saturday to work with a refugee camp um, in Samos and, and uh, a charity called Indigo Volunteers to give my time back for a couple of weeks to support the volunteers that are on the ground there dealing with really traumatic and difficult situations and provide coaching support and, and some resistance programs and, you know, I don't get paid for that and that's all me being able to do that but through the work of Shams enables me to like you said to be able then to to do those things to give that back and you're right you can't you can't save the world on your own and you know you that's impossible and it even you know Avengers there's a team of them or you know Justice League there's a team of superheroes it's not just one so everybody has to play their part and you know having that ability to go well actually having money is important in terms of the other things that it provides for you which is to have you know your family around you or to have that support that your children have a legacy and they have an opportunity to be part of that as well which I think is absolutely beautiful but also the the wider work that you do and and 
that just yeah that whole forgiveness giving yourself permission um to do that giving yourself permission to how that sits in your framework and say this is my framework and this is how I work and it might be very different from yours or yours but you know this is this is what I do um I think that took me a bit of time to you know it's taken me again I've been on a real journey probably in the last two years 18 months where I've started to feel really comfortable with that stuff and that's why I'm really I'm almost really excited for the next 10 years you know see where it's all gonna go and I'm like oh this is because it's just it just creates so many opportunities. This is why I wanted to do new rules because I felt I'd got a network of phenomenal entrepreneurs, business leaders who just have, I've worked alongside or come across or listened to or they've inspired me and I wanted a space for them to share their nuggets of wisdom, the good, the bad and the ugly. And because as you know, and we've talked about very extensively is that, it's not all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. There is crap times and there is difficulties in life and we do experience a breadth of emotions. So how do we create that in a workspace that allows us to th- still f- um, flourish and still to thrive both as a business, as a leader, but ultimately as, you know, as an as individual, as a human? So there's so much. I could talk to you probably for another several hours right. <laughs> about this. Oh, we're going to get that phone call in, don't yeah. you worry. <laughs> um, yes, I will definitely, I will be catching up with you when I am back from Samos for sure to fill you yes. in and it'd be lovely to chat. But David, thank you for giving me some of your precious time. Um, it, is, it is really really appreciated and everybody will be able to find out more about the great work that you do in the podcast notes so we can find out where to find you for leadership coaching and all your other ventures so that is available for all listeners thank you david and come back to new rules when we do our next series for sure Definitely, definitely definitely i'm on it you can hold me to that definitely i really appreciate it thank you take care Sadly, we have no more time to chat, bringing us to the close of this week's episode of New Rules and the entire podcast series. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as I've enjoyed chatting to all our wonderful guests. If you did, then please ensure you subscribe, rate and review from wherever you get your podcasts and you won't miss out on the next episode or future series. All the information from today's show, including our guest details, can be found in the podcast notes. A huge thank you to the lovely people at Fora, who without their generosity, the magic of this podcast would not have happened. Finally, you can find me, your host, Ruth.CooperDixon on Instagram and Ruthie Coops on Twitter. Please do come by and connect if you're keen to know more about positive psychology and my well-being work at Shamps and Shamps for Change.